Hello, hello. Uh, this is The Real Scoops. couple weeks off here, but back at it. It's a special, special holiday edition. I believe Hanukkah has started. Happy Hanukkah to our maybe one or two Jewish listeners, if any. Uh, Christmas, at the time of this recording, four days away, so get your shopping in. I followed my rule of two this year, less uh, two stores, less than two hours, less than $200. Works for me, baby. Got everything I needed done. Miss Post, how you doing? Uh, doing well. Happy to be on break here. Happy to enjoy some uh, family time here soon. It's a good time of year. How do teachers spend break? Not talking to people and resting. Complaining about not getting enough time off? Of course, that, yeah. You know, last time the calendar aligned like this, I was still a sub in our undisclosed location. And we actually got, we went up to this week on Thursday and then got two weeks off and went back Monday the 9th. And I really wanted that schedule again because it means we would have started school later. But I don't mind this. And I do understand most teachers are women. They like having more time before Christmas, so I do get that. But I will say the week after New Year's being off is nice. It's tough to rush back after New Year's. But it is nice having time before Christmas as well. But, again, as teachers, two weeks off is two weeks off, baby. Yes. So enjoy listening to this at work, Dr. Shaw and Phil. Be thinking of you. Oh, of course. A uh, huge weekend of football, though. Wait, stop, stop us. Heard that before. And then, of course, we'll make, we'll make all our picks here. We're going to be a part out of the studio the next couple of weeks. You know, two weeks to slow the spread. No, just kidding. Thankfully, we're not sick this year like we were last year this Wednesday before Christmas. Uh, was, at least when my symptoms started, Miss Post already down for the count at that point. But, uh, you know, we'll be, out of, we'll be traveling here, taking our, our, our paid time off from the studios. This will be our last show before the uh, – week 18 of the nfl season so we will make our week six or week 16 and 17 picks and our college football playoff picks as well so uh miss post make sure you get those in get, get get geared up new 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 content here tonight we have the uh mr t power rankings nfl top 10 that'll be a lot of fun you know I, we can pass the media cats just like or a sports media cats just like they this like the far left uh wackos can in the real sports media world we can do that too but miss post uh any any news to share with the crowd? No. Is there something I'm supposed to say? I don't think so, no. Okay. We went to this uh, uh, undisclosed German market in an uh, undisclosed part of our Midwest state here today. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I think all Lutherans should go because very German theme. And as the great Tara just told me via text, the true Lutherans are Germans. That's right. But uh, Dr. Shaw would definitely love it. He's a big history guy, big true Luther nerd there. He'd definitely love it. Not it wasn't Lutheran theme, but again, the German background is is very fitting for Lutherans. But uh, Miss Post, let's make let's get into some picks here. Well, what's NFL? You know, we we know this year. I just want to retract my Bucks pick. My picks, my my weekly picks are pretty good, but my forecasted picks are not very good. I remember I had Rams Colts preseason as my Super Bowl pick. Uh, obviously, that's not going to happen. Both have been eliminated from the playoffs, uh, so that's been pretty bad. Maybe the Colts are still alive mathematically, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Rams are bad, so that wasn't my best call. At least I went out on a limb, though. Uh, and then a couple weeks ago, I said uh, Bucks over Chiefs. That was pretty bad. Chiefs looking great. Bucks not so much. They lost to the Browns. Lost to the uh, Bengals, blowing a 17-point lead. So I, I really thought they had turned a corner. It looks like they have not. That wasn't, again, my, uh, best, my best call. But uh, either way, we'll see, you know, what, what happens. This is a weird year. You know, Packers are bad. Bucks are bad. Rams are bad. Um... AFC got the usual suspects. Most people thought Broncos are bad. No one thought they'd be that bad if, if they were if they were bad at all. Uh, Eagles are good. Most people didn't think they'd be that good. Lions are apparent. Lions are somehow in contention. Jets started off hot. They're fading now. Though Jags are rising. It's just a weird year, man. 
you know, and I just want to say this about the Lions. I feel bad, you know, my boy, Dr. Shaw, he said, how can you do this? I just can't. Miserable teams need to stay miserable. It keeps the earth on its axis, right? If the Jags or Lions or Browns start becoming good, what's going on in the world? You know, it's like, it's like growing up in Cleveland, hating the Cleveland teams. It's like when your teams are bad, at least they're not Cleveland. You know, so Lions have gotten too much hype. They need to be humble. They need to be stopped at all costs. Maybe my boy Aaron Rodgers can do it in week 18. We'll see. But we'll get into that in a bit. Miss Post, what are your thoughts on the NFL season thus far? And at the end of these last few weeks? I haven't been watching it very closely. I'm going to say that. Why is that? The season's just not been good. A lot of surprises. That's true. In my perspective, it's just not been good. I just don't feel like I've seen a good game this whole season, really. That's fair. That's certainly fair. Anything to write home about, you know? Listen to some power rankings here. Uh, number 10. So I, when I first saw these, Colin Cowherd, who I really don't like. He's on Fox Sports 1. He's not bad. Very arrogant. Just has a lot of hot takes. It's typical, like, source media arrogance of, like, no one can have a – no one can be on his level of, like, opinion, even though, again, anybody can sit around and talk sports all day. You don't have to be a journalist to talk sports all day. Um, anyway, he had his top 10, and, and this first team in, in, in my list was in his, and I was like, I don't really think they should be, but – after, after thinking about it more, who else are you going to put in there? It is actually the Lions at number 10 for my Week 16 power rankings. They've won six out of seven. Their only loss was to the Bills' close game. Uh, they're hot. They've won, I mean, again, they're a good team. They got they got pretty good weapons. Campbell seems like a good coach. Again, I think they're very overhyped, but they have Panthers and Bears coming up. They should win those. It doesn't seem like the same old Lions in that sense. So I don't want to say I don't want them in the playoffs, but a Lions-Vikings playoff game doesn't exactly inspire a lot of confidence. But or a lot of hype, I should say. But Lions are a good team right now. Number nine, Vikings. Now you're saying, how can you, how can you put the Vikings nine? They're eleven and three, and, and Mr. T loves the quote of "You are what your record says you are." Great Bill Parcells quote. That is true, but there are exceptions to every rule. Vikings just, they, I just, I can't stand the Vikings. Kirk Cousins overrated. Vikings paper tigers. I just said this the other day. I'd much rather have Dallas play Tampa Bay round one than Minnesota. Excuse me, I'd rather have Dallas play Minnesota round one than Tampa Bay because despite how bad Tampa Bay is, they got that man on their side, number 12. Minnesota has Kirk Cousins. Emphasis on Kurt, as Jay Gruden once called him when he was with the Redskins. So they just, yes, they came back 33-0 down, but again, they were down 33-0. They have a negative point differential. They're 11-3, and and they have a negative point differential. Vikings, they have to be 9 because they have 11 wins, but not good. Again, much rather have Dallas play them than Tampa round, round one. Eight. Dolphins, again, another team I don't really like here. They've lost three. Everyone's giving them credit for playing tough in Buffalo, which they did. They did play them tough, but it wasn't the snowstorm they expected, and they lost the game. I mean, that's not, I mean, they did lose. They've lost three in a row, two of which in pretty bad fashion. So I, as much as I want to see Green Bay win out and eliminate the Lions, I don't think Green Bay will win this weekend. Dolphins are pretty solid at home. I never thought they were that good. I don't think they're that bad now. But I got to put an eight because, again, who else am I going to put up there? And I know they did lose to Minnesota earlier. I usually do value head-to-head, but Tua did not play, so I'm making an exception for that. Dolphins at eight. Number seven, Cowboys. Another team I don't really love. I mean, at least I did till this past week. Same old Cowboys blew a 27-10 lead to the Jaguars. Again, Jaguars are better, but let's not kid ourselves here. One of these teams is a Super Bowl contender. One of them is not. Dallas up 27-10, back-breaking Dak Prescott pick to get Jacksonville back in it. Another pick later to win it. Pick six return. Basically, division chance is done now unless they win out and the Eagles lose out, which is unlikely, except Hurts is out. That does change things. Either way, Dallas, very disappointing. They're seventh, though, because they have 10 wins. No one else, few teams have that many. Number six, another team I don't really like that much, but it's playing pretty well. 
LA Chargers. One of the teams who was my sleeper team last year should have made the playoffs if they just beat Houston or tied the Raiders, which they didn't really give up. They just kind of blew it. Um, again, don't really love them. They're way overrated. I think Herbert's overrated. Everyone's acting like he's as good as Mahomes. Need to stop it. He does have some weapons back, but they did lose some bad games. At Raiders was a bad loss. Okay, uh, Seattle at home was a bad loss. I mean, great quarterbacks can win when all their weapons aren't there. But Chargers are solid. They beat the Dolphins pretty handily. Beat the Titans late. Titans are very good, but they did win 8-6. and six. So I'll put the Chargers at 6. And Dallas just lost to the Jags. Chargers did too, but that was week 3. Chargers ahead of the boys. Now the real contenders here. These five teams are really the only teams that can win it. No one really dispute that, I don't think, in the NFL today. Five, easy, San Fran. You know, it's funny because I do think, I mean, San Fran's going to have to, they're going to, Brock Purdy's going to have to win a game for them at some point. He's not gonna, they're not going to be able to win without him making big plays. But the weapons they have and the scheme they have, it, I mean, it's hard to see any, anybody beating them in the NFC besides maybe Philadelphia. So San Fran, I mean, they got a great team, great roster. I think Jimmy G was solid and better than people give him credit for. But he definitely was a system guy. So Brock Purdy's certainly that as well. I like San Fran. Number four, Steve, I'm sorry, Chiefs at four. Chiefs at four. And here's why. They've lost to the two teams in the AFC ahead of them. And the Eagles have 13 wins. You know, I'm not going to bet against Mahomes. I'm really not. But I think if Buffalo has home field, it's hard to pick against Buffalo in the playoffs. And Cincinnati's beaten Kansas City three straight times. Burrow's outplayed Mahomes three straight times. So I got to put the Chiefs at four. Bengals at three. Again, this is where I was wrong. I'm usually pretty good about teams that aren't going to be good. Um, in this case, I had the Raiders, Cardinals, and Bengals all faltering. Bengals. Raiders and Cardinals are bad, so I did get that one right. Bengals, though, are good. They're going to make the playoffs with the Jets' loss or the, if they beat the Pats, both of which are probably likely. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. That was not kind of a bold take by me. But as Steve pointed out in the uh, September edition of Scoops, the list of quarterbacks from his Super Bowl once never got back. That's a different argument for Burrow. But Cincinnati's playing well. They've won six straight. they got great weapons, great quarterback. They're number three right now. If they beat the Bills in Week 17, they go up to two because Bills number two right now, number one seed in the AFC, beat the Chiefs on the road. Never really liked the Bills in terms of buying the hype. Never really liked them in terms of I just can't get behind them being good or buying that hype or wanting them to win. Um, but they're a great team. Josh Allen's great. If you beat Mahomes in Kansas City, you're great. But can they beat Kansas City in the playoffs? That'll be the test. And number one, of course, much as I hate this, Eagles, 13-1. and one. Jalen Hurts, I do love Hurts. He was great at Bama. He's a winner. Sacrificed himself for Tua to step in. Stuck around. Came in 2018. Won the SEC title game against Georgia. Went to Oklahoma. Heisman runner-up. Shouldn't have been because Ohio State got screwed, but that's fine. I love Hurts, though. Uh, Devontae Smith, great. Can't stand their coach. Think he's an a-hole. Think he's kind of a douche and is very cocky. Uh, analytics guy. But 13-1 is 13-1. So Eagles are the best right now. Uh, we'll see if anybody can beat them. If anybody can beat them, I'd say it's San Francisco. But we'll see. We'll see. This post any thoughts on Chiefs, Bengals, uh, uh, Bills, Eagles, Niners? What do you think? No, I don't have any thoughts. On Who's your number one team right now? My number one of Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, Niners. Niners, Eagles, or someone else. Or someone else. Well, Bills were my Super Bowl pick. But, I mean, Standings wise, I feel like Eagles could win it, but also they're not the best. I don't think. Who's the best? I just, I have no idea. No one seems that good this year. I do agree with that. I mean, like, Eagles have been great, but I, it's not. Eagles don't always really scare me because it, it, no. inexperienced teams usually don't win. 
Right, right. And they're just, everyone's just so iffy. I agree with that. I do agree with that. Like, Bills scare me in terms of their roster, but they also self-destruct. The team that scares me the most by far, as anybody will say, Kansas City, San Francisco, those two teams, because great coaches, great rosters, deep, and they've handled adversity a lot this year. So I'm sure anybody could say those two teams. Kansas City's case, they have the best quarterback in the league. That always scares you. San Fran, again, great roster, uh, great coaching. We'll see. Uh, let's make some picks, though, Miss Post start Thursday Night Football. Jags at Jets. Uh, Jags hot. They've won four out of six. I, I previously said that they weren't that good. Urban Meyer kind of got screwed because Jags still weren't that good. Again, another poor take by me. I do think Urban got screwed, but Pierce has done a good job with them. Lawrence is a good quarterback. I did predict last season. I think they're most likely to go from fourth to first, last to first, uh, and that's still the case because they're a game out of first and play Tennessee later. Anyway, Jets reeling. They were 6-3. and three. They're now 7-7. Zach Wilson starting again. They don't believe in him. I think he's not that good, but they can't give up on the guy yet. He's been there a year and a half. Anyway, Jags, Jets, who do you like in this post? Let me look. Uh, ouch. I'm going Jags. So Jags on the road. Uh, Jets are reeling. Jags oh, are hot. Jack, I'm going Jack. Jags. Yeah. Okay, most games are on Saturday. Don't forget, most games are on Saturday now. Christmas on a Sunday. NFL finally got smart and put three games on a Sunday on Christmas. I mean, that's just beautiful. One, four, four, 30, eight, 15. That's beautiful. One game in each block. Thank you, NFL. When I was a kid, you said, Make my own schedule, I would do that. There you go. There's a ton on Christmas Eve, though. That's right. Eight games. Actually, I'm sorry. Ten games. Ten games. No, you're going to watch more. Of course. 1 p.m. Bengals at Pats. Bengals at Pats. Pats lost in just embarrassing fashion to Las Vegas on Sunday. Of course, I could have gained a game on Andy if I had stuck with my pick, which I didn't. I'm not going to talk about that. Andy, he's a bitch still. Uh, I love the guy, but he's still a bitch. Uh, anyway, Pats, Bengals versus Pats. I got Bengals on the road. I got Bengals as well. I think Pats could win. Bengals are hot, though. Again, it's hard to go against Burrow, really, in any situation. Too. Amen, just like last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's go here. Uh, Saints at Browns. Should have picked the Browns against the Ravens. Really had no reason not to, just couldn't do it. I might pick the Saints because I know Andy will pick the Browns. It's an easy chance for me to feel good about getting, gaining the game because I'm, I always feel good about picking against good the luck. Browns. Good luck. I know, but I never. I always feel good about picking against the Browns, mainly because it makes it easy to root against them. Yeah. Uh, I'm picking the Saints – in pick them, but I'll go Browns with the pod. I have Browns. Uh, okay, let's go here. Let's keep going. It's 1 o'clock games. Eight games Monday. Or excuse me, eight games Saturday at 1 o'clock. Uh, Giants at Vikings. Vikings, uh, huge come from behind win against the Colts. Giants, one at Washington. Ref screwed Washington, of course. Screwed me in pick them, blah, blah, blah. I'm going Vikings at home. I've got Vikings as well. Yeah, I think uh, really hard to tell with those two teams. Both, both have been struggling. Both really... Up and down. I mean, Vikings have been better, but Giants, who knows? They could beat anybody. Huge game, 425. I love this. Nationally televised. All games, all, all markets will see this game. I've, Adam, this is for you. So I made a list of the, there's been, I think, let's look at my, note, my notes, actually. There's been uh, nine, as, as of this weekend, there's been nine games where the national TV game was in every single market. And now, officially, after this weekend, four will have been Cowboys games. So, yes. there you go, America's team, baby. Uh, I had the Eagles initially, but if Jalen Hurts does not play, I'm going Dallas at home. I've got Dallas Uh-oh. Eagles just need one win these last three or one Dallas loss in these next three to clinch the NFC East and likely home field advantage. It's a lot laying on this game, though. It's sadly, not as much as before with Dallas losing, but still go to the late service to watch this game. Looking at you, Steve. Late service. 10 o'clock service. Don't go at 7. Watch this game, boys-eagles. Because the last game of the night, 
Raiders-Steelers. Kind of a dud. However, RIP to Franco Harris, great Steelers running back, passed away this morning at, at, at 72. Uh, legend, 13-year career, immaculate reception. Again, many people look at this and, and, st- and say it's just a coincidence, quote-unquote, but Friday is the 50-year anniversary of immaculate reception. you got to think there's a divine presence in that. And, of course, you can chuckle it anyway because those that reject the divine presence, there's no such thing as coincidences anyway, or any, everything's meaningless, but that's a different discussion. All that to say... Uh, interesting that Franco passed on the week of his 50-year anniversary of that catch and then the Raiders played the Steelers. So who do you like in that game as post? I've got the Raiders. I mean, I don't know. It's a hard pick, I'd say. I don't know if I'd like that. Hard to pick that game. Both teams up and down. I gotta go Steelers. I was going to Steelers anyway, and now I definitely will because that emotional pull. Crowd will be ready. Mm. Steelers at home versus Steve Knight. Three games Sunday, Packers-Dolphins, 1 o'clock. Fox-Dolphins lost three straight. Packers kind of hot, but we always say they're going to be hot, and they're not. I am going Dolphins. Much as I want to see the Packers get hot, even though I hate the Packers, something about that appeal of Rodgers, Rodgers being a bad man in terms of bad, like, you know, the slang term, bad man, like Stephen A. Smith says, something about the appeal of him going off. I don't think they're going to beat the Dolphins in Miami. Dolphins aren't really that bad as they've looked Uh nor were they as good as they looked earlier, but they'll win at home. I've got Dolphins as well for that game. Okay, let's go 430 here. Two, two scrub. This is bad, not the slang term. Bad teams. Bad, bad, bad. 4-10 Broncos, 4-10 Rams. Who do you like, Miss Post? I don't like it, but Rams. I got Rams as well at home. I mean, who knows? Russell Wilson should be back. You got um, Baker Mayfield for the Rams. I mean, again, this is the time. If you're going to skip one of the games, definitely skip this one. Either watch the NBA or open your gifts during this time because this ain't one you want to see. Dr. Shaw asked if the NFL can flex. Go take a walk outside. Can flex Christmas Day games. Sadly, they cannot. I bet they wish they could, though. Lastly, Bucks at Cardinals. Bucks six and eight, still in first place. Arizona four and ten, starting Trace McSorley. I I proudly predicted Arizona would Arizona would flop this year, which they have. Kyler's hurt, of course. Kingsbury's probably going to get fired, even though they just signed an extension last year. Blah blah blah. Bucks on the road. Arizona's terrible at home. Give me the Bucks. Bucks as well for me. And Bucks are terrible. Again, they're my team. I picked them in the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl as of three weeks ago. But that was one of my poor takes. So I'm, I got to admit, I'm wrong. However, if Tampa gets in, they're dangerous. All right, Monday Night Football. Again, one pretty good team. One just god-awful team. Chargers at Colts. Nick Foles starting, though, Miss Post. Nick Foles back. Uh, Big Dick Nick back. And uh, I got the Chargers, though, on the road to win. All right, Ms. Post, let's take a little, let's, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about these Twitter files, huh? So, Elon Musk, he's just the man. I mean, no one inspires quite the same rage as, as the Donald, of course, and Libs. But Elon Musk is getting close. I mean, it's, I haven't seen Libs lose their minds like this since Trump uh, was elected office in 2016. So you got to love that, really. But Elon, again, thankfully, because he actually does believe in free speech and accountability and, and transparency, he's releasing emails about, you know, different things, whether it's Trump's removal from Twitter or the Hunter Biden laptop or, uh, you know, just how they go about in, in, in cor- correspondence between the Biden administration and uh, Twitter about, you know, uh, worrisome tweets, things like that. And I'm not going to get into everything. I haven't followed it too, too closely. I just want to talk about the general general trends, right, what you see in the media. Here's basically what's been happening. First train of thought is this. 
media says, oh, well, of course they're doing that. We've known that. It's not news. It's not news. Even though for the last six years, if not more, whenever conservatives would say they're being censored or, or targeted, it's like, oh, you got a tinfoil hat on, conspiracy theorists, right-wing misinformation. Again, so which is it? Is it the fact that we've known it's true or the fact that it's, uh, it's a conspiracy theory? Okay. Second train of thought is, is they, here's my favorite, they can't authenticate the emails because they released to independent journalists and not the mainstream media, and it's only been in part missing context. They can't authenticate it. Now, a couple of things about this. One, why would Elon release to the same people that promote the censorship of speech and that deny the existence of censorship and things like that? Two, since when does the source of who receives information matter? Liberals love Ed, uh, Edward Snowden for releasing the, the uh, NSA stuff because he exposed government corruption. And he loved that he, he put the national security at risk and, and um, worked with Julian Assange to release information, even though it wasn't through a uh, traditional media platform. Okay. Additionally, let me get to my breath here. We've got to regroup. <laughs> Additionally, yes, there is some context that's missing. That is true. But also, two threads of thought on that. One, when has that stopped media before? Right? When has that stopped media before? The Steele dossier, uh, Trump saying that Trump calling vet, uh, servicemen losers, Russians putting a bounty on soldiers and Trump knowing about it. all these things and thousands of others of, of uh, liberals quoting anonymous sources or not having the full story or not, or not knowing all the details and they publish it right away. But this, this where we have names, timestamps, responses, and at least some of the context, this is not enough. Really? And of course, the last thing is that it's, it's, it's dangerous. It's a, th it's, it's a threat. It's, 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 a, it's right wing extremism. And, and you have to step back, honestly, think about this for a minute. Like, what are they even talking about here? They're saying that somebody exposing government corruption or government agenda, forget First Amendment, forget all that for a minute. Someone exposing government attempts to control speech, censor speech, get rid of speech they don't like, that is called, exposing that as a threat to democracy. Think about that. What's the Washington Post uh, mantra? Democracy dies in darkness. And this is, not a new, this is not a new trend. It's new under Trump and since 2020, since COVID, but really not a new trend in terms of this month. But the media now is engaged in the information where an exercise in promoting what the government says and, and squashing those that disagree. Again, Think about that. The same media that cries about how their lives are in danger, journalism is a sacrifice, a human sacrifice, uh, a democracy dies without a free press. Those same ones are a mouthpiece for the administration and say that dissent and, and, and quote-unquote misinformation should be squashed and that because government experts say to mask or get the vaccine or that elections are safe, you have to agree with it and not question it. Think about that. And again, journalists shouldn't be attacked. Free press is important. But a free press has to do its job. What's a threat to the free press? Trump calling the enemy of the people or the free press stifling itself for the Democrat Party? You tell me, viewers, listeners, you tell me. Additionally, just like I talked about a few weeks ago, a few months ago, same thing with Democrats, right? Liberalism is founded on questioning authority, on rebellion, on new thoughts, enlightenment, things like that. But what's liberalism now? Oh, the experts want to keep us safe. Oh, like... Uh, my, minority extremists are threatening our freedom. 
really? Liberalism was founded on minority extremists. So that's where we are. And I think that's the most important thing. I'm not going to get into the First Amendment stuff in terms of legalism because that's pretty funky. And, and, and as, as Dr. Scholl said, and I haven't read this article he sent me yet, but as he said, you know, if Twitter willingly allowed the FBI to censor its people, that's not coercion. That's not a violation. That does make a lot of sense. And I'll read the article later. But the bottom line is this. Twitter and the FBI are both culpable. But here's the biggest thing. Here's the biggest takeaway, right? The FBI had Hunter Biden's laptop since 2019. Okay, they knew what they had a subpoena for. It. They got the owner of the repair shop provided a subpoena of the, the FBI seizing the laptop. But the FBI anyway was saying, hey, look out for this hack and leak operation. What was it? 55, 51, something. 51 national security advisors said that the Hunter Biden story was a likely a product of Russian Russian disinformation, again, a word no one can define, Russian disinformation. Think about what that means. That's the definition of, of Orwellian. Orwellian, something, something that you know to be true, you, you, you lie about it, you use the credibility you have to paint a false picture. And of course, people, not, I mean, I think I'm pretty educated, but it's just like, on, it's almost like on the truth about mask effectiveness or the death rate in countries that states that mask or states that don't, unless you go find it yourself in the mask case, in this case, you really can't find out yourself because it's on Twitter. It's, 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 it's private correspondence. Thanks to Elon Musk, some of it we know, but unless you figure it out yourself, you, you can't find out the truth. And that's Orwellian. That's absolutely Orwellian. And even if you can find it out, you know, from Fox news or just being an independent thinker or New York post or whatever it is, right. You have to jump through 25 hoops to get there. And of course, if you do find it, what do you label Oh, you're an extremist, right-wing media bubble, disinformation. I mean, and, and the bottom line is this. That's the largest threat to democracy by far is Orwellian groupthink, changing the meaning of truth, changing the meaning of words, and just flat-out lying to promote an agenda, and then gaslighting those that question it into saying that they're the ones that live in an alternate reality. Because if it's emperor's new clothes. I just saw a great quote somewhere in an article a couple weeks ago. The media is like those in Emperor's New Clothes, except in this case, it's not fear of not fear of not speaking up. It's just they don't want to speak up and say that the obvious because it's working out for them. And that's exactly the problem. And that's why Republicans have no faith in the press. They have no faith in elections. They have no faith in, in their leaders. But again, that's how Democrats like it, because they can say, oh, look, this guy believes that mail-in ballots aren't safe. You're going to trust him to think that we don't know what we're talking about. It's exactly their mindset, and that's what's terrifying. But you know what? That's why people like Trump are very appealing. That's why they have a lot of uh, followers and a lot of support because they just they fight that every step of the way. And I'm off the Trump train. I've said that. That's true. Sanders is the man. But Democrats are playing with fire to think they're going to be in power forever because they can paint all that disagree as right-wing extremists. And so, again, that's the bottom line. The FBI saying that it's a hack and a leak, despite the fact they had the laptop, they knew they had the laptop, the New York Post had actual reporting, actual sources, actual dates in the emails, and the fact it was still censored in the FBI that the, and the national security experts, quote-unquote, said it was Russian disinformation, and that led to censoring two weeks before an election? Terrifying. And that's the ultimate threat to democracy. Not some guy in a shaman hat walking through the Capitol unarmed, because of some, some idiocy, okay? 
And again, think about what we just talked about. Changing reality, changing truth, acting like you're the one that knows and everyone else is, is, is an extremist and painting them as out of touch in order to perpetuate this narrative that you're superior, you know all, you're the expert, trust us. And that's just a cycle that repeats itself, which is what, again, that's what the elites want because it leads them to be able to say, hey, you can't listen to them. They don't listen to us. They listen to Tucker Carlson. They listen to the New York Post. They listen to Breitbart. So, again, they want you to question it so that when you question it, they can say you're a wacko. So stand up, fight back, be an independent thinker, and, in fact, be a liberal. Be a liberal because that is, by definition, liberalism, questioning authority, rebelling, and being an independent thinker, which Democrats used to love, but now they don't. Deep breath here. This pulls any thoughts. No, I don't have anything. Do you, do you think that, would you say the biggest threat to democracy is the uh, January 6th riot? Viewers, if you could see my eyes right now. <laughs> no, I don't believe so. Thank you, Ms. Post. And Dr. Scholl, we can disagree about that. I mean, look, it was a terrible day. But I'm not going to relive it 24-7. It doesn't matter now. It was a security failure. Uh, it shouldn't have happened. But again, you can't tell me it was our democracy was on the brink and then not ask, hey, why wasn't there more security there? You also can't tell me that we were this close to losing our democracy, but then say that Trump is a madman for saying Pence can overturn it. If Pence can't overturn it, then how are we this close to losing our democracy? That doesn't mean it's good or it's right. It's certainly not right, and it shouldn't be the case. But again, it can't be true that... It can't be true that we were this close to losing our democracy, but yet Trump was misled and 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 um, had no you know had no recourse to win, which is true. But since that's true, our democracy was not in peril. And again, it's been two years. By the time our next show airs, probably it'll be two years since that day. And of course, you have to talk about the parallels between the riots and January sixth. And people will say, "Oh, like you're allowed to have a bad take and compare them." How is it a bad take? The riots called $2 billion in damages, $2 billion nationwide. I'm not supposed to believe that mostly unarmed people who are idiots running, running into the Capitol is, is uh, a threat to democracy or an insurrection. And again, it was horrible. It was horrible. And those that engaged in violence should be prosecuted. But you got people that walked in the Capitol unarmed, sitting in jail still without bail, you got rioters that burned down buildings getting bailed out by Kamala Harris. So that's the difference. There's no consistency as well. That's the difference. Anyway, all that to say, certainly it's not more with threats to democracy than the FBI saying what tweets should be censored and what shouldn't and, and saying that this what they knew to be the truth is going to be is, is disinformation. That's all I got to say about that. Two, actually, two other comments on a different note. One is, I was talking to my dad a few weeks ago. Good man, you know, I, I call him a lib because I think he is a lib based on today's definition. But, you know, we, we have good conversations. But one thing I'm going to tell, tell him if we debate again over this break is that, you know, he, he doesn't like what Trump did to the party. He doesn't like DeSantis either. So that just proves that he's like most liberals in the fact they only like Republicans of their own making, right? Those that are docile, those that are or, or, uh, cooperative, those that basically agree with whatever they say. So Republicans of their own making. It's just like Dr. Scholl said to me after the show one day, a couple weeks ago, before the election, basically it's like for Democrats that say that Republicans are threats to democracy or whatever, but they never alter their message. They don't give them they don't give independent or, or, or moderate voters reason to trust them either because they stay way far to the left. If you're that concerned about people being a threat, then you would you would adapt your message. 
Same thing here, right? Liberals say, oh, Republicans nowadays are just extremists and insurrectionists. Well, if that's the case, then why wouldn't you moderate your message? Of course, that's not the case. They just want to paint them as such. And they want Republicans who they can control being docile, being cooperative, uh, not being a fighter, not fighting the culture wars, et cetera, et cetera. And lastly on that, it's kind of related here, is that, as I've said to many people, the only people that want Trump to want want Trump to run more than his base are the Democrats, right? Because Democrats, they've had no strategy for six years. They still don't, right? What do they say? we got to stop Trump. Stop Trump at all costs. Existential threat to democracy. Of course they say that. So Democrats want Trump to run as much as anybody, and they hope he does win the nomination. Again, play on the fire, but that's what they want because they have nothing. If they can run, on, if they can run against Trump, they're, they're united in their hatred for Trump. That's it. That's it. They have no message. They have no platform. They have no, nothing to hold on to besides we got to stop Trump or not Trump. That's it. So the next time someone says Trump's a threat to democracy, ask them, hey, do you, uh, if you're a Democrat, do you want Trump to run? If the answer is yes, then you know their threats are, are hollow. Uh, and that's it. We've got to get to breath again here. Any sponsors tonight in this post? We've got to start no, reading some ads no. here for Dr. Shaw. We should add in some ads to help you catch your breath. Marco Rubio water break here. I've been off a few weeks, so I have to get, I have to, uh, get refired up here. There's something else I was going to say, but I forget. Oh, yeah, here's what it is. It's about Trump. The, 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 the committee recommended Trump being charged. It's posturing, absolute posturing. I mean, one of the charges they recommended was inciting an insurrection. Again, bear in mind, not one, not one of the rioters has been charged with insurrection. Not one. So you're going to charge a man for inciting something that no one else has participated in, allegedly, according to the courts? Posturing. Absolute posturing, but that's not surprising, okay? Uh, number two, uh, Congress passed a spending bill. Of course, it's too big. Not surprised. And Republicans are idiots. Instead of waiting until the House passing a bill through January, they pass all the way through September, which, again, I'm glad they're doing their job, but do your job before the election, not in, in a lame duck session. It goes to show, again, yes, Trump, Trump's spending was out of control, too. No doubt about that, but again... At least Trump said, we're not going to mess with these entitlements, whatever, whatever. Okay. Republicans now, as Dr. Schultz says, they only care about spending when Democrats are in office. Posturing. Absolute posturing. I will say this, though. The Ukraine, I think it's like $44 billion for Ukraine. That better be all it is for the year. I don't want to hear they need more, they need this, they need that. No. $44 billion, that's a shit ton of money for a year for one country, from one country. So I, I do not support any more money beyond what was given in this omnibus bill for Ukraine. I'm on the record as saying that as of December 2022. And as I said before, they need to start getting ready for peace talks because what's the end game, right? Russia is indiscriminately bombing civilian sites, hospitals, things like that. So while Ukraine's making battlefield advances, Russia's still doing that. You know, I think it was Dr. Scholl, he asked me, he said, uh, he said, what message does it send if Russia loses but still wins territory? And I now have an answer. Tough shit. That's what a strong man does. I don't think it's right, but whatever we're doing right now, this is not going to be working. If we're going to provide all this aid, we need to direct them to a peace agreement. We need to start flexing our muscle in terms of being a leader of the 
negotiation because this endless war, and that's what I meant less than a year, but in terms of endless, meaning no visible endgame, that, that should not be the case. So I think we should look at peace talks here. The money we have for Ukraine should last the whole year, and that's it. And that's my thoughts on that. All right. Miss Post. Mm-hmm. College football playoff picks here. Okay. <clears throat> my Buckeyes got a new chance. Georgia, Peach Bowl, yeah. New Year's Eve, 8 p.m., make plans. You don't have cable, though, so try to stream it somewhere. You can use my login if you want. Yeah. I'll be in Michigan with my great friend Wally and my boys. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. Georgia's great. Georgia's great. 13-0. Ohio State looked bad against Michigan. A couple guys are out with injury. So I'm going to pick Georgia. Uh, I don't think... I think it'll be a good game. I do. Ohio State has a lot of weapons. I think they can hang with Georgia, but I'm not going to pick the Buckeyes after that showing against Michigan. Is that the last Yeah. That's a long time ago. It is. Now, Ohio State usually thrives in the underdog role, but I'm picking Georgia anyway. Probably going to pick Georgia too. Sorry. And honestly, I'm okay with that because the biggest thing is stopping Michigan at all costs. Now, if TCU wins, I'll be more upset if Ohio State doesn't win. Right. But Georgia can beat Michigan, so we need to stop Michigan at all costs. Speaking of which, 4 o'clock game, Fiesta Bowl. <clears throat> TCU undefeated. No, I'm sorry, TCU lost. I forgot. Mm-hmm. TCU lost to K-State in overtime. <clears throat> Excuse me, still got in. Uh, Michigan, they are really good. Hate them. I think they're overrated, but they are really good. Uh, I'm actually going to pick TCU in the bowl picks, but for the pod, I'll go Michigan. TCU is really not that good, so I'm going Michigan. I would never pick Michigan. I'm picking TCU. Wow, you're better than me. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Miss Post. Thank you. Uh, I am Bino, though. Buckeye name only. That's true. As you've heard my family call me. Mm-hmm. Let's do a little Rose Bowl here. Penn State, Utah, Monday, January 2nd. Uh, Penn State hasn't been in, in uh, six years, but I still think Utah is going to be more excited to be there than Penn State, even though they were there last year. I think Utah will want to win it for the first time ever. So give me the Utes in the Rose Bowl. I think I'm going to match you on that one. All right, I like that. Sugar Bowl, New Year's Eve at 12 p.m., Alabama versus Kansas State. Bama, Bryce Young's playing. Will Anderson's playing. I had K-State at first, but since those guys are in, I'm going with the Crimson Tide, Roll Tide. Roll Tide as well for me. I, I, at first, I thought they wouldn't be very excited to be in it. Kansas State would be, but with those guys playing, I think they'll win. Okay, Cotton Bowl, Tulane versus USC. Again, Tulane will be thrilled to be there. They're a group of five team. USC lost in the, in the championship game of the Pac-12. Excuse me. Prevented them from going to the playoff. They do have a high winner, Caleb Williams. However, their great receiver, Jordan Addison, opted out. Uh, I'm going to go with USC, but it wouldn't shock me if Tulane won. Tough game here. I will go with the Trojans. Just saw Talon alone. Do I have to pick this one? Yeah, I just don't have to. Okay. I don't, I don't know about this one. Okay. Lastly, Orange Bowl next Friday, 8 p.m. Tennessee, Clemson. Get it? Both teams, Orange, Orange Bowl. Works out great, huh? Uh, Tennessee's receiver, Jalen Hyatt's out. Hendon Hooker's been out. Uh, Dabo seems to rally his guys. I'm going Clemson. Even though they're used to playing in the playoff in Tennessee, this is a big game for them compared to what they usually do. Without Hooker, I think Clemson will win. I'm going Tigers. Tigers. Yeah, I think I'll go the same. All right. NFL picks ready. Sure. All right, next Thursday, the final Thursday Night Football game of the year. 
I hate there's one in week 17. That's ridiculous. All primes fall. I hate this streaming nonsense. I'm glad the viewership is low. Um, Cowboys at Titans. This is hard. I'm going to go Cowboys because Tennessee's terrible. They've lost four in a row. Tannehill's out for the year. Give me the boys on the road. I've got Cowboys as well. Yeah, let's keep going here. Uh, this is New Year's Day games. Start off 2023, right? With uh, NFL, of course. Dolphins at Pats. Pats might be eliminated from the playoffs by this point. Dolphins may need it as well if they lose to the Packers. I'm going to go Pats at home. Dolphins usually own New England, but in the snow, cold weather, I'm going Pats. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have Dolphins right now. I like that. I like that. Okay, keep going here. Let's go Panthers at Bucks. Panthers won earlier in Carolina, second win of the year. I'm going Tampa Bay at home, though. I've got Tampa Bay as well. I think they'll get to 8-8 eight and eight and clinch the division here. Woo, 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> Next, Browns at Commies. Uh, Commies were hot with Heineke, but just lost to the Giants at home. Uh, who do you like, Miss Post? Yeah, Browns. Uh, I can see the Browns winning. This one, actually, I'm pretty confident, though, in picking Washington. Browns aren't that good. I think they will beat the Saints, even though I picked the Saints. Uh, I mean, the Commies, though, in this game. Commies will win. All right, Steelers at Ravens. Ravens could be fighting for their playoff lives if Lamar Jackson is still out and or they don't win this weekend against the Falcons. Uh, Steelers, who knows? They're still alive. Uh, I'm going to go Ravens at home, though. Ravens at home. I've got Ravens as well. Okay, awesome, awesome. Keep going here. Vikings at Packers. Now, this a lot could depend on how well Green Bay does this weekend. If they have confidence, they're still quote unquote rolling in the snow at Lambeau. I see Green Bay winning. So I will take Green Bay. I do think they're going to lose this weekend actually to Miami. But since I called Minnesota frauds, give me the Packers at home. Got Vikings. We'll see though. You believe in Kirk Cousins? Not really. <laughs> Now, this game couldn't get flexed out of Sunday night still, I guess, even though it was it's within the 12-day window. Rams at Chargers. Get another game that looked great preseason. Big dud now because the Rams suck. Give me the Chargers at home, even though they both share the stadium. Chargers are the home team. Chargers at home. Yeah, I've got Chargers, too. Now, this is the big one, Miss Post. Mm-hmm. Monday, January 2nd, ESPN and ABC. Our man, Dr. Shaw, can watch this. You can watch it at home, Miss Post, with your antenna. <clears throat> Bills at Bengals. Mm-hmm. Both teams hot. Bengals at home could decide who controls the AFC playoffs. Either Kansas City definitely wants Cincinnati to win, assuming they stay in front of Cincinnati. Uh, Bills need this win, obviously. Bengals need it as well. They could be the two seed, maybe the one seed. They would have beaten Tennessee, uh, Buffalo, and KC if they win this. This is a tough one. I will go Bills on the road. I think the Bills are better than the Bengals. I usually go home team. I'm going Bills on the road. Got Bills as well. I may change that after uh, this next week's game. Fair, fair. Uh, Miss Post, not much to say tonight. That's okay. I had a pretty good rant. Any 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 thoughts here as we wind down? Uh, hope hope you guys have a good Christmas. Stay safe. Stay warm. Enjoy your holidays. Safety is very important here at our in our studios. We'll be back here probably two weeks. Look for a Wednesday, January 4th episode. Uh, we'll preview week 18, preview local rivalry out here. By the way, my freshman team is 9-1. and 9-1, and one. great team. Uh, very blessed. A couple of guys probably could play JV, but I'll take it. Shout out to Steve being fan of the year. Steve, Steve, uh, friend of the program, fan of the year. And Kenna, of mm-hmm. course. Shout out to Kenna. Yeah, fan of the, fan of the year. See if you can get it in 2023. Amen. 
Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. Seasons greetings here. Seasons greetings here. Uh, but remember the reason for this season. Again, you know, we could talk about religion. How, as as uh, the great, I believe Aristotle said, the unmovable maker. Uh, but either way, like I said, if you don't believe in God, really nothing has meaning. But besides that, if you do, what's the truth of Christmas? Savior's born. Amen to that. Amen to that. And like I said, ironically here, be a liberal. Be a liberal. Classic liberal. Question authority. As a great man once told me, everything that's said is alleged. You guys have a great holiday. Goodbye. Goodbye.